That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion Yeah, I was initially going to do like a Thanksgiving episode today. So I was like, I know, right? Like what? What music is, is what associated music? with Thanksgiving? Not a whole lot. I was looking around for like, what are some Thanksgiving songs? Uh, there were two that jumped out, one by a Johnny Cash that was actually like pretty beautiful. And I'd never heard it before. It's called, uh, I think it's just called like Thanksgiving song or something like that. Weird. And uh, then there was another by Ray Davies that was like, okay. Uh, but that was pretty much it. And then like Adam Sandler and... Yeah. Wait, Adam Sandler has a Thanksgiving song? Uh, yeah, he does. Yeah. He's talking about like turkey. It's not something I think we could get a lot of material out of on this podcast. I uh, I ended up watching all of Hubie Halloween <laughs> with a buddy of mine recently. Yeah. We were like, oh, we're just going to hate watch it for 15 minutes and we just fucking watch the whole Adam Sandler Netflix movie. Was it uh, great? No, it was not great, but it was really well shot. I was like, I don't know why he got such a good crew here, but it was surprisingly watchable. I just, I fell into the rabbit hole. Interesting. We got to do like a, a comedy album episode, you know, because yeah. we've, you know, we've done that. I mean, Weird Al sitting oh, on sure. the table there. Sure. It would have to be music. It couldn't just be like a stand-up album, but yeah, yeah. Weird Al, maybe some Steve Martin stuff. Right, we could come up with something interesting. <laughs> well, you know, on uh, this podcast, Losing My Opinion... Uh, hosted by highly esteemed musician Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Thomas Irwin, moi. And the lowly esteemed musician, uh, Thin Lear, Matt. I, don't know, I would say a.k.a. Matt. I mean, I'm mostly known as Matt, and then I guess I'm also known as Thin Lear. Well, whichever way you, uh, you break it down, we kind of we explore this relationship between comedy and music a lot of the time, don't we? Mm-hmm. We talk about hold music. But yeah, we talked about hold music. Adriano Salentano, who himself was a comedian and a musician. It's the, the relationship is interesting between the two. Hmm. I did not know that. I just, you know, I know that he dances like a fiend is what I know. <laughs> and that he's all shoulders. Like a boss. He dances like a boss. Yeah. Let's uh, say I, was, I tell you that you could edit this out completely, but I was on a plane to Richmond with uh, the guy from Impractical Jokers. Which one? Um, Murr. Yeah, he was there, and I just I, the whole time I was uh, I was thinking about that episode where he keeps saying like a boss. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember that one. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable, um, but yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, I love that show. I don't care what it's anybody good show. says. Scoops hey, keep potatoes. You, I'm gonna keep quoting that to my grave. <laughs> sure. Uh, if you turn on True TV at any time of day, whether it's three in the morning or one p.m., you will see. Impractical it's the Impractical Jokers. Jokers channel. Do they even have other shows on that station? I don't think they do. But anyway, I'm not quite sure how to segue out of yeah, Impractical we, Jokers, <laughs> but... Uh, Are you today's I'll biggest s- loser? <laughs> today's biggest loser. Yeah, that's what we're going to segue into. We're going to talk about game show music. Uh, oh, really? No, we're not. Oh, that's, I'd love to. We should do an episode on, we should do an episode on theme music. Uh, I feel like I only have good ideas when I'm actually doing the podcast, not when I'm writing <laughs> when an episode for, for it. The, right. Yeah, I'd lose out on that. But look... So my brother and I were talking about this concept recently of like, you know, sometimes you play with a musician who's a virtuoso at their instrument, like brilliant, 
but then you hear one of their songs, like they try to write a song and it's just lacking. Like yes. it's either overly basic or just like ridiculously complicated. Is that- hundred percent. I am aware of this phenomenon. There was a musician, Joe Salins. I hope you're, oh if you're out there in the world, I hope you're doing great. You're a cool guy. Sorry, man. I... He did a show. He is playing bass with one hand, playing keyboard with the other, doing both masterfully at the same time. I'd never seen anything like it. Uh, it was extraordinary. Like both just one of the best keyboard players I've ever heard at the same time as being one of the best bass players I've ever heard. I bought his album and it's like, meh. Right. But he was just so talented otherwise. It's absolutely, I, I don't know what's up with that. And I would say it's bizarre. And I would say the best singer-songwriters aren't necessarily known for their chops. Mm. I mean, you have like, you know, folks here and there, but I think for the most part, singer-songwriter is a singer-songwriter. Yeah. They're not necessarily uh, blowing up their instrument. Uh, <laughs> it's a different bag, yeah. Leonard Cohen bag. can only uh, play so many chords. There. Yeah, Leonard Cohen, John Prine, like these are fellas who kind of just pulled a career out of a, a series of chord changes that they kept going back to. Uh, and then you have artists who can interpret the music of others brilliantly, but they can't come up with their own stuff. So mm -hmm. essentially, like, people who are known as interpreters covers artists. Yeah. We're going to talk today about who I think is the world's greatest covers artist, uh, but that they are also one of the best singers of all time. Holy shit. They're also an absolutely brilliant songwriter. Whoa. And it just so happens that they are also brilliant at covers. And they're like criminally underrated in that category of covers. Oh boy. I have no idea who it's going to be. I don't think you would guess because I, I, I've not heard folks talk about them in this way as a brilliant covers artist. And I think, you know, we've gone into what makes a good cover before on this podcast. I think it was in our first episode. We talked about Wilson Pickett, Hey Jude. Hell yeah. Um, for me, it's like I'm hearing the song in a whole new light. It, it detaches me a bit from the original. It's a enriches my love. Yeah, it enriches my love for a song or, or makes me fall in love with a song that I previously like didn't think much of. Here's a problem for today's episode. Mm. Uh, and I'm not judging you. Okay, well, I guess I am a little bit judging you, but not in a negative way. Uh, I don't know if you'll actually know the originals here for each of the songs that I'm playing for you. So you might just be judging this tune based on your feelings upon it without the context of the original. It's quite and I possible. hope that that is okay for you and for our I accept it. Listen, okay, thank you. Uh, so our mystery artist today is none other than Al Green. Hell yeah. One of the best singers of all time, period. Yes. Like just a titanic voice. So many classic songs. Tired of being alone. Let's stay together. Love and happiness. I'm still in love with you. Like it's endless. Uh, and we may have actually talked about this before because I feel like I say the same shit to everyone I know. But uh, there's a performance that's on YouTube of him on a show called Soul with an exclamation point, hmm. which is an amazing show. Not uh, to be confused I I with Soul Train. No, not to be confused with Soul Train. I don't know which came first. I think Soul with the exclamation point is maybe came first. I don't know. Uh, but I saw it on like PBS or something when I was a kid. This is before YouTube. Yes. Uh, and he was just like totally in his element. He sings Tired of Being Alone and a couple of other songs, and it's just transcendent. And that's how I found out about his music. Um, he's not really known as an album artist, but he had this run, Let's Stay Together, I'm Still in Love With You, Call Me. That's just, like, ridiculous. Uh, but when you dig into those albums, you find, scattered throughout, 
these genius covers that either uh, totally disregard the original in favor of like a brand new vision or take an element of the original and just blow it up. Uh, so what I want to do today is I think for the songs that you know the original and you have that context, I want you to kind of pick and choose which one maybe you dig mm. more. Uh, I think these are pretty well-known songs, but they're also like um, old school, yeah. say it in quotes. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes, this game. But I think th I think he's just a brilliant interpreter. And I feel like any of these songs that we listen to today could just be enjoyed without the context of the original song. Wow. I am embarrassed to say I do not know any Al Green except for Let's Stay Together. Are you, really? I am ashamed. Oh, man. Well, now I just want to do an episode talking about Al Green originals because, that, I mean, that's... There, okay, so listen to... Um, there's a song called Love and Happiness. That song is like a towering achievement. Love just and Happiness. incredible. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, anything from that, that out, that three album run, I think is, is incredible. And then there's a smattering of singles elsewhere that are, that are also gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you know the song Unchained Melody? My, my yeah. love, my darling, yeah. right? The yes. ghost song. It is the ghost song. The ghost song, I right. So. Wonderful. <laughs> Your yeah, that, what, a, touch. what a beautiful rendition that is. Mm -hmm. uh, I have heard this song so many times. Uh, you know, mostly we know the Righteous Brothers version, which I believe is the one that's used in Ghost. Uh, they have the most famous version. People have been covering this song for like 70 years. It's a popular uh, one, yeah. It's big, incredibly famous. Elvis did it, did a great version. A million people did it. This, for me, this is like the version. This is my version. The version. Of an yeah. extremely, extremely popular song. Extremely popular. And I think when you hear the, when you hear it start, you're going to be like, oh, this is Al Green, one. And two, I can't believe he's doing it like this. All this right. is really a treat. This is going to go down smooth today, huh? This is a lot better than what, we've been, <laughs> what I've been bringing to the table in the past couple episodes. I'll tell you that. All right, here we go. So that snare, good lord. Got little strings. Love how he comes in here. It's just like spot on. See what he did there. He's coming in soft. He just whispers it into existence. They should like prescribe this song for people with high blood pressure. 
Speaking of which, do you know if you add a W to the beginning of his name and an S to the end, you get one of our favorite pharmacies? Wow, that's amazing. You will Did never you forget come that. Up with that? No, I think that was like an NPR puzzle or something like that. What a what a version. This is beautiful, yeah. Come on. It just it's it goes on like that. It's like five and a half minutes. It blossoms. Like this song, we use the word blossom a lot, or I do talking about music. Like this song blossoms. It's meditative. Does he ratchet it up? Does he eventually start screaming and hollering, or does it stay pretty mellow? Um, there is an apex to the song, but there's still restraint there. Like there's a part like this this fucking song tends to be like the Star Spangled Banner when people do it. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah, this physical it's a soul anthem. Yeah. It's it's a it, you know, it's like a workout where there's this physical test to it where it's like are, is the person going to push themselves to hit the high note? Yeah, yeah. And he does it, but there's like restraint. He's just like, "No, I'm going to keep it hushed." And it's this whole other side to this brilliant song and like I'd heard it so many times that I was just I, I understood that it was a well-written song. Hearing this made me appreciate it again, because he just stretches it out and yeah. just revels in it, and it's just such a, a warm cloak of a song. Uh, and really, the original was just you know the Righteous Brothers screaming their balls off, and that's great too. But this is a whole other yeah. He gets some piece. other quality out of it. He's exploring a different side, which exactly. is great for a cover. Great for a cover. That's yeah. like when uh, Talking Heads did his song "Take Me to the River." It's so funny. That is one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite covers too, and it's like they're they're uh, doing it for the master there, you know, like they're 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 uh, one upping Al Green there. Um, all right, so let's move on to another tune that I think you'll probably know. I mean, you know this song, right? What's it called? Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Right. Yep. Walking yes. down the street. And I like that you're giving context for our listeners who may not know these songs and need yeah. to be reminded. Yeah, I'm doing the Michael McDonald version. Is, does he do a version? No, I'm just, that's how I'm singing it. <laughs> you know, you could have fooled me, and that could even be the Michael McDonald version if I had my eyes closed. Uh, we'll do an episode on him at some point. I'm just assuming you like him. Michael McDonald rules. Don't listen to this fool. <laughs> Man, he looks sharp. He looks great. He looks like an angel. <laughs> Pretty woman walking down the street. Pretty woman kind of like to meet. Pretty woman, I don't believe you. You're not the truth. He brings but things down. Does. In intensity, but in, in a very compelling way. It's like, it's. I thought about that a lot. It's like simmering, you know, is the way I would sort of describe yes. this style. Because it's not that it's laid back. It's not mellow. It's like it's, it's just. It's undeniably. It has energy, but it's, it's. It's starting out slow. It's starting out soft. Exactly. It just harmonizes the shit out of his own voice. This is better than the Roy Orbison version. I kind of like it better. Which the original's great, but the original's fantastic. If the original is like this angular thing, like I don't quite know how to describe it. Like it's obviously the riff is fantastic. Uh, Van Halen did a cover that I I don't Ugh. think is it's not too bad. I'm not okay. a Van Halen guy, right. you know. Uh, it just sounds like Van Halen covered the song. It's okay. 
but this this version, he finds a groove in that angular riff and just like digs into it. That's mm. like if you've ever heard um, Otis Redding does a version of Satisfaction. You can't get no satisfaction. Yes, I have heard where that. it's like. You know, these, him and Al Green's like, these guys are such good singers that they're like, yeah, I'm going to take a song with one of the most iconic guitar riffs of all time and just like kind of ignore it. Turn the whole thing on its head. <laughs> right. Just be like, whatever with that part. We're going to just sing the shit out of the melody. And that's what Al Green does here. Smooth as hell. It's not angular. Um, it's just like he poured a bunch of maple syrup all over the original, slowed it down, honed in on the bottom end. Like it's, yeah, this is its own beast again. Uh, I'm going to play you a song now that I really hope you know this song because I, I, I actually, we're going to uh, cover the person who wrote this song in another episode mm-hmm. uh, because I actually did get a message from someone oh. on Instagram oh. who asked me to do a like old school country music episode. Uh, uh, yeah. I think, I think we could uh, explore that avenue again. I, I feel a little unsatisfied with the brief dalliance we had with it back in our, our early yeah. days. It was a bit whack. I think I was f- you know, figuring out how to do this thing, but um, I want to talk about Hank Williams. I want to do a Hank Williams exclusive episode. You and I feel like you actually out. would you would dig him. <laughs> I feel sure. I feel like it would be Every, a hard sell. He's an American classic. But so are we about to listen to an uh, we're gonna listen to Hank Williams song here? We're gonna listen to a Hank Williams song. This is I'm so lonesome I could cry. Um, do you know the song? I've heard the title, and I'm sure once I hear the song itself, I'll put it all together. You might, yeah, you might know it. This is like maybe one of the most famous country songs of all time. Certainly one of the best, maybe one of the best songs ever written for me, period. But anyway, Al Green takes this song, makes it his own again, and uh, let's give it a shot. Just the best drummer, whoever he's got here. (laughs) I want to talk about the drums. Yes, it's yeah. You could cover Miley Cyrus or whatever in this arrangement. It would sound fucking amazing. You could do anything. That's the problem. It's just like, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, you just sing the hell out of it. Yeah. And he changes the chords to the song. I mean, the original is. Uh, sort of less involved. Taking liberties. Yeah, he takes some liberties. That snare is like right up there in the mix. So Howard Grimes is a Memphis guy. He's a killer drummer on this. This song is like, for me, one of the best songs about loneliness. And he gives it momentum, which is like such an odd choice. But the pathos is still there. But now it's a song that you can sing with other people. It's like more of a communal song about loneliness. It's not like Hank Williams alone in a room right. anymore. With a whiskey bottle. With a, right, well, exactly. Yeah. It's just like one of the things that makes Al Green great there's this collective acknowledgement and embrace of loneliness in this cover and it feels like it's being worked through in his mind through the power of song Mm. not dwelled upon 
And it's like the Al Green mission statement. Like that's his thesis right there. It's who he is as an artist, who he is as a human being. Uh, he's still, he's preaching in his church in Memphis to this day. Oh, I'm glad he's still around. He's cool. doing his thing. An old non-secular music at this point, but uh, I have some friends down there who's, who say he's still absolutely incredible. Oh, he just tears on, yeah. it up every week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, as brilliant of an interpreter of the music of others as he is a songwriter and singer in his own right, like this is a, that's a triple threat. That's what a triple threat sounds like. I mean, I knew the guy was talented. I don't know if he was this talented. I, I want to hear another uh, song by him. I want to hear more. I would love for you, because I'm sort of like gobsmacked that you have not heard. Listen to this fucking song. This is one of my favorite songs of his. It's called Love and Happiness. And I've just never heard another song like it. It's intense. Love and Happiness. Ooh, I do recognize this album cover, Mr. Shirtless here. It's a great cover. I'm thinking of doing that for my next record. Just need to hit the, hit the gym a little more. This opening, my goodness. Love and happiness. Yeah. Something that can make you do wrong, make you do right. Yeah. Love. Sounds very modern. Mm. Oh yeah. This is the Let's Stay Together drums. Oh yeah. I love it. Wait a minute. I have to catch up. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Man. That interjection. Three o'clock in the morning. Talking about how she can make it right. Yeah, this is like it's impossible not to bob your head while listening to this. It's just great. You really feel good about somebody. It's like tumultuous, you know? Sultry. Okay, I'm funny to get to that chorus. That organ. So locked in. Yeah, it's fucking great. Why, why don't I know more of this guy already? He's, he's this the is, man. This is going right into the old Spotify library here. He's the man. And I, I would suggest uh, any live performance from the 70s is like, or really at any point, but he's just always lighting up the stage. Like an amazing live performer. He's, he's, uh, he just like lives the songs on stage. It's, it's exceptional. But anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you move on now. Well, what was your argument that he's awesome? Because you win. I don't know. He's the, you he's, win. He's great. <laughs> he's great. I don't know what my argument. Oh, is that he was, a, he was an amazing uh, uh, interpreter of other songs. Yes. I underrated in, in that respect, I would definitely say. Yeah. Uh, he's awesome. Well, what have I been listening to this week, you asked off mic. Who knows? Uh, coincidentally. I did. Yeah. I did. It sounded you like a cough. You mouthed it but... to me. <laughs> right. Thus in my opinion... We've kind of, so my segment for this week, we've kind of done something like this before at least once. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, what would we call it here? More generally, it's like a thin layer. You could be wrong now. That might be the uh, the theme for today. I'm, I'm really trying right. to 
argue against an opinion that I believe you hold and see if I can okay. change your mind. Because we don't do that that often, you know? No. Well, we did it twice before, I think, right? You well, did it with- I remember we talked about Animal Collective and how I... Animal Collective, yeah. But that boiled down to basically you didn't really like their singing voices and like, I can't... Oh, I, I can't push it again. I can't push back on that very much. You know that's. And then you you misconstrued me with my feelings about pet sounds. I hope we're not talking about pet sounds again. We are not talking about fucking pet okay. sounds. No, but yes, okay. that that would that would probably be accurate. Yeah. Well, see, the yeah. thing is, today we're talking about a band that we have touched on in the past. This is not quite the first time, but we didn't end up like playing any of their music. So I feel like you know we we got a fresh start here today. Are we but talking about Steely Dan? We are talking about Steely Dan. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. Oh, boy. Um, uh, you know, okay, all right. I, we'll <laughs> go on. Go on with your spiel now, but I, I do have, I have things to say about it. Mm-hmm. You're, well, you're not entirely misinterpreting me. It's not like the pet let's, let's, thing. Let's go on to those things you have to say. What do you have to say? I don't dislike them. I just don't embrace them with open arms. I don't embrace their whole catalog, let's say. There, there's a point for me with Steely Dan and their discography mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm just not about it anymore. Uh, I think it's, I like up to, what's the record with Peg on it? Oh, Aja. So you don't like yeah. Aja? I do not like that record. I know people, Oh yeah, well, that's like mostly a lot of people I talk to. That's a lot their of favorite. people love that one, yeah. Yeah, I like Can't Buy a Thrill. I like pretzel logic. You like the early you know, shit. Yeah, I knew that. The stuff that is quote unquote the classic Steely Dan mm-hmm. sound. Like before they got into that vibe of like the recording of, of uh, that record and Gaucho. Yeah. Like it sounds great. Like the everything's recorded really well. Yeah. Obviously, they put a, you know, years, like months and months of care and time and you know, millions of dollars or whatever into making it sound the best it can be. That's without question. Now you hear that. Uh, but I feel like, I don't know, I just... You, I think you referred to it as just like produced to shit or it's like too polished, it's like too it's, safe. It's almost, it's too much. It's too much. I, I wouldn't yeah. say it's safe. Like it's just beaten to death. Uh, there's nothing, there's nothing, this is going to sound harsh. Go for it. But what, there, what, there what, is Whatever no, you got in your heart. There's not enough humanity there for me to grab. And I, and I don't think that they would necessarily disagree with all of that. Like, they mm-hmm. themselves are pretty misanthropic fellas. I mean, 90% of their fucking songs are about characters who are like that. I imagine they themselves sort of identify more with misanthropes than they do with people who feel plugged in. But th- there's just... Th- their character studies on the earlier records... I dig, even when they're like crapping on someone. It's right. like an, a Dylan kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, you, where just you, like you find what's to enjoy with their earlier stuff. There's not as much, you know, control and polish, and feels yeah. more organic. And they're they're kind of they or, had or even, influences that kind of dropped off as their uh, their run went on. And sure, or even a song like let's say if you use like Reeling in the Years as like uh, an example of a song. I obviously I love that song from them, and they are like shitting on someone in the lyrics, like they're kind of needling them. There becomes a point in their music too. It's, it's not just the music. It's also the lyrics where I don't want to meet or know any of these people. Uh, they just sound awful to spend time with. And like that contributes along with the polished sound of the music. It's like, why am I listening to songs about people that I would not want to be in a room with? Uh, and then also there's this, this sonic 
the sonics of it sound like they're just like shoving me out the door uh, with how polished it is. Yes. So is that explain my position or my am I? Uh, yes, hundred percent crystal clear. Believe it or not, a lot of those points, you know, I might tend to agree with. Your take on Asia and the reason that you're never really going to be into that album, I totally accept. I have no issue with. This episode today, we might call Dr. Gaucho or How Matt <laughs> Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Dan. <laughs> that sounds like one of my titles. I felt the same way as you. In many ways, I still do. I can't call myself a true Steely Dan fan. Okay. I hope that many of them are listening today. I have you in mind. I think you guys have great taste. You're very tuned in. Uh, you got a lot of interesting takes and things to say. Appreciate you listening to this episode. I am I am not truly one of you. I do not stand with the Dan. Oh, can I cover my ass too? I uh, I have like a lot of friends who are Steely Dan fanatics. Like I tend to actually gravitate towards people who love this band in a way that I don't. So uh, yeah, I feel similarly. Yeah. The what I want to hone in on because you're always going to be spot on with like the 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 vibe thing like uh, if I can quantify this for a second so if I listen to the music of Björk I'm I'm flying with her over you know glaciers and volcanoes uh-huh. if I listen to the Beatles I'm in some psychedelic you know yellow submarine land if I listen to Steely Dan particularly the later stuff I'm like sitting in a studio apartment. With some asshole with a comb over and a mustache, uh-huh. like doing rails and like shit talking everybody in his life, and just some creep that I, you know, th- right. this is the fixation yeah. of this band, especially by the time you get to Gauchos, just losers and drug addicts, drug dealers and perverts and molesters. And why do they yeah. live in this world? Fuck if I know, but like that's what we're doing, especially by the time you get to Gaucho. That's the most unabashedly that. If we hone in on the like, produce too much or like too you know some people will say elevator music even or just too i wouldn't too go polished. that far i wouldn't go that far because i like the way that it mm-hmm. i do like the way that it sounds like the the ocd in me mm-hmm. like you can't like fleetwood max rumors or whatever the sound yeah. of that and then not dig the sound of steely dan i feel because it's like you know Tons of money. It sounds like money. Tons of and money. Like scientifically engineered in- to please your ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like alchemy. Yes. And yeah. Gaucho is so much that, that I, once upon a time, I could not get into this band. Like I had a less favorable opinion of them than you did. Like I could kind of get into some of the earlier tunes and then what, Peg or Josie or whatever. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah, Peg is the apex for me of what I don't I like. I now, I do, you know, enjoy all their classic albums. I've certainly spent a lot of time enjoying their music. There's a uh, there's a Seth Rogen quote from Knocked Up. I've never seen the movie. And apparently Judd Apatow is a big Steely Dan fan along with Coldplay, believe it or mm. not. But uh, what is Seth Rogen saying here? I don't think you could get into a Steely Dan concert without wine and cheese. If you ever catch me listening to Steely Dan, you could cut my, cut my head off with a Spyro Gyra record. Steely Dan, and again, this is in quotes, can gargle my balls. I will never 100% disagree with that quote, but mm, I do and I do still, every time I listen to these albums, I can get something out of it. And what I want to do here today is I want to see if I can get you on the dark side a little bit. Are we talking about Gaucho? We're talking today? just about Gaucho. That was my entry point. That's where the band clicked for me. That's where I'm going to see if it can click for you. It's like, it's an album. It's the like eyes wide shut of rock music. 
explain, explain. Explain. I must explain. That movie has the Guinness World Records for like the longest continuous shoot. It's like Stanley Kubrick's final movie, A Man Who's Famous for Being Super OCD. And, you know, let's get 120 takes for this one scene. And every little aspect of his film is super attention to detail. So this is like them to the nth degree. Yeah. Are you making the case that this is so so them, like so that bit that I don't like, that we actually edge toward, back around? Yes, like it's, it's, it might click in your brain. Yeah, it's like this. You know, isn't there a part of you, you hear about they'd recorded it for two years and they rejected all these musicians and we're going to do this for a hundred times and we're going to try to mix this down 55 times. Like, part of you is probably curious, like, what does that amount of anal retentiveness sound like? Like, I just want to know, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, and it's, I've never heard an album like this. I never will. I've heard albums like Gaucho. I've heard, uh, sorry, not, I've heard albums like Aja. I've heard mm-hmm. songs like songs on, the, on that record. Like, I kind of... That feels not necessarily like well-worn territory, but that clearly, like I hear that influence everywhere. I cannot hear any other artists get to the quality that I hear in Gaucho, and it's a fascinating, weird, dark, fucked up, captivating, ultimately indefensible uh, sound and vibe that I want to see if I can just, I want to see if I can plant this in your head a little bit today, like it. Like how things sure. finally clicked for me all those years ago. Hey, I'm open to it. You know, I all think right. I, I've, since we talked about D- the Destroyer record a while back. Um, Kaput. Kaput. Yeah, I always forget the name of it. And I do really like that record. And so it's sort of, uh, it's bothered me. Like, why do I like this record? And I don't typically embrace Yacht Rock. Mm. Is it the lyrics? Is it the delivery? Am I confused by the marketing? And I'm just like, this is indie and that's not indie. Um, so I am open to this discussion. I did listen to Gaucho once, I think, at a time, and I was trying to get into Steely mm-hmm. Dan. It was just like, nah, fuck this. But I was not in a place where I should have been listening because I had just tried to get into um, right. Asia, Asia, whatever. Whatever. If you wanted to make it more obvious, you should have spelled it differently. That's my retort exactly. for all you Steely Dan heads who are yelling at me right now. Uh, so Gaucho is, yes, it's like, and I don't Eyes Wide Shut is I still can't get into that movie at all. Every time I Tom, do, I really like that movie. Tom but Cruise I know, opens his mouth, and I'm like, I can't buy into this anymore. I know why everyone people don't like it, but I I do enjoy watching it. It's just ridiculous. But let's say The Shining, one of my favorite movies of all time. Any interior shot, like when you're in the hotel, that's not a hotel. That's that's a wildly detailed, involved set that was constructed mm-hmm. in some you know film studio in London and. Gaucho, this is not a band you're hearing. This is not like a bunch of people playing in a room. This is an this is artifice. This is like fake and cons- like falsely constructed and synthetic. And it's to my ears, it's like more like proto electronic funk music than anything else. I hear it Interesting. as uh, like a lab experiment that's just fascinating to me. And I hear these grooves that you could not get this groove in any other way. And I think it's worth letting into your your heart a little bit, even though ultimately I can't. I do not stand with the Dan. I, if you want to just write this whole thing off because of the vocals and the vocal no. delivery, I can't, I can't hold you. No, I, I won't do that. You know, you. I wouldn't do that. And they also, you know, you talk about the groove. Like they got some of the best drummers ever to play on this. Like Bernard Purdy is ridiculous. Oh yeah, the per the uh, Purdy, Purdy shuffle. shuffle. Some of these songs have just have flat out drum machines. That's how much they were like, yeah, we just want to get to like a synthetic level of perfection. Perfect. Uh, you know, Dan fans know the story. It, its name was Wendell. Wendell won an award. Uh, it cost like $150,000 to build Wendell. But uh, 
all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how much I can. I hate that story. Everything you just told me. <laughs> I'm gonna see how much I can uh, get you in the, in the zone here. We're gonna okay. start with the vamp at the end of Hey 19. I w- again, if you just throw away anything you think or feel about this band, if you can just hear this as extremely groovy electronic music, basically. All right, I'm here. If, I'm if here we to can listen. Come at it from that angle. I'm a humble man. All right. Just two of the friendliest looking guys <laughs> you've ever laid your eyes on. Walter Becker is cool to me. I got no. I think he. He has a lot of demons, but Walter Becker, I've seen footage of him where he seems like a sociable, nice guy. Mm. Uh, Donald Fagan, I respect for being honestly himself, but boy, that guy's not likable. <laughs> when I was a kid, they, there was a Grammys. They had this record, Two Against Nature, that like, yeah. it's just like won every single award at one of the Grammys, and they just kept going up and being like so like detached. Yeah. It was actually kind of great. Yeah, to see it's that. all fucking bullshit. I should just be somewhere listening to Wayne Shorter record. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, his pretty attitude. much. Uh, but pretty he's, much. he's up front, so you, you can only. I think of the when I think of Celia Dan, I think of the Tim Heidecker character from uh, that <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the Colgate Comedy Hour. What you don't know it? Yeah, just that's, like the insufferable hipster douchebag. That's the thing. It's like I learned how to accept that component and just yeah. like appreciate what they accomplish for what it is. Okay. Because uh, I cannot deny that. Yes, absolutely. That is the, the avatar yeah. of their music. Sure. <laughs> the personification. <laughs> you order from of- a restaurant, I told you you shouldn't get too much dessert. <laughs> yeah, that whole spiel. <laughs> the Colgate Comedy Hour. Oh, yeah. it's too good. Ray Donk. Yeah, he's like, and they're like, oh, it's, it's another jazz guy. Uh, Come on, you know this. Everybody knows this. <laughs> oh, I think you should leave. It's just very good. The best. Let's get uh, Tim Robinson on this podcast. Mm, yeah, I think he would totally do it. So I'm guessing you know the song Hey 19. I can say I'm like, I've listened to The Cuervo to Gold, The Fine Colombian, Make Tonight a Wonderful Thing. Good synth tones. I give him credit for good synthesizer patches. Just that drum, that bass. This isn't this isn't like grocery store overproduced schlock. Like this is its own category, I feel like. Yeah, no, it's not. It's if you're on a drive, tell me you don't want to put this on when you're you're cruising down the highway. Just fear off into the woods. Uh, it's yeah, no, it's it's too there's something more substantial to it than just elevator music. Is there a reason you took me to like I just want you to hear oh. this vamp. We're not clouding it oh, with oh, okay, the vocal okay, delivery, okay. anything else. Just All right, yeah, this seems very conspicuous that you skip the... I mean, I'll listen the whole song any day of the week, but I, just, I, I wanted to hone in on that component to start out Okay, here. all right, so I understand. I'm with you. I'm in the sonic territory. Right. Has your feeling or opinion about them changed one iota so far? From that? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> From not that yet. minute of fade out. <laughs> the yeah. minute of them... Tightly jamming? No. Yeah. We got to we gotta put on uh, Time Out of Mind here. Okay. We got to skip the Bob the, Dylan record? Stuff. No, not the Bob Dylan record. I, maybe we could do an episode on this. I do not understand why people go gaga over 90s Dylan. I don't, nothing about it clicks for me. Really? Yeah. I like that record. A lot of people do. I want a Grammy or some shit. So Time Out of Mind, that's probably going to be my favorite song from Gaucho. It was the theme to uh, Hello on Broadway, 
with uh, Nick Kroll, John Mulaney. Oh, really? Yeah, that's perfect funny. choice. Like, it's a good choice. John Mulaney telling his story about like you know the events leading up to his uh, intervention, and he's you know he's doing blow and trying to get a free haircut from the SNL lady, just bothering the hell out of everybody in his life. Like that is a Steely Dan character, and it yeah. makes perfect sense that he's a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is time out of mind. This is these sounds do not exist in nature. This is a fascinating lab experiment of a funk groove and it's like it's it feels undeniable to me i i would hope you get something out of this one i'm not going to okay. cut to the fade out but we're we're going to cut to halfway through here oh boy so, you know it's not I, it doesn't make me feel good when you skip it over <laughs> so a huge swath of the song but okay well we can cut back to the the beginning after if we, if we need to there's just i need to i need you to hear this this instrumental interlude here okay so we're not going to listen to any of their vocals We'll get there. We'll get there. No I don't. I will. I'll say I don't dislike the way he sings. You know, it's not. Okay. I think he's got an interesting quality to his voice. I like yeah. how he puts his songs across. It so. certainly fits the vibe. How are you not bobbing your head? I'm processing. You're gonna get plenty of vocals in a second. Mikey McD. Ah, man. Smile on my face. Tonight. That's a fake sound. Those don't exist. <laughs> it does. I mean, everything's recorded really well. How are you not shaking your fucking head? <laughs> you can't. You can't will me to to bop. This is the boppiest song ever. Come on. It's very tight. It's very tight. It's tightly. Tightly wound. You're tightly wound. Tightly. Hey, no arguments. But this is a tight. It sounds great. It sounds great listening to it on these headphones. But um, I'm not feeling it yet. I'll say. Just if we, if nothing else, picture yourself on the freeway. I want you to to want to bust one of these tunes out the next time you're on the road. You know, solo. You're cruising okay. along. You're trying to feel cool. It's it's hard to be gaucho for that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Jesus yeah, I, Christ. I don't, I've got. I yeah. I, yeah. I, it has not stirred up anything in me. Maybe we need a song where I hear like the the vocals more. All right. And let's say not Michael McDonald. Love us. How can you not love it? I just I heard him sticking out there, and it was just like. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> I heard his like the, his trail off, and it was just. Back I I don't know. You. Okay, so here's the thing with Michael McDonald. Can't everyone sing like that? Like, couldn't we all just do Michael McDonald impressions? No, because my impression of it is still too low. It's like he has a high register, but singing like he doesn't. It's this weird. Somebody did an analysis of it. You can't you can't replicate it. It's oh, it's okay. its own thing. It is its own thing. Uh-huh. I mean, you could say that you could say that about it. Like, 
You know when it's him, yeah. Uh-huh. You know when it's the uh, a pale imitation like myself. It's a husky sound. <laughs> All right. Well, this is falling on its face, but you know what? I'm going to keep not, trying. You haven't gotten me. You haven't grabbed me. We're going to do my rival. A lot of people don't like this one for some reason. I love the organ sound on this. I love how weird and artificial that sounds. Okay. The whole thing is such an impeccable groove. Sure. We're going to do We're going to do my rival and I'm going to make you sit in this for a while. We're going to we're going to listen to more Gross. of the song than we normally listen to to tunes on here cuz I got nothing else in the chamber after this. I it sounds like I thought it would sound so far. Like where it's just like really tight and well yeah. recorded. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is I think you're a little wrong and I want you to change your mind, but I the the stakes are low. I do not have emotional investment in this. Mm. Uh because they don't have emotional investment in anything. <laughs> uh, uh, are, you, are these are any of these songs or is any of this production meant to be? And this is a serious question. Yeah, is any of it meant to be enjoyed with irony? Like, is it is is it, or are they just like we're doing like, just incredibly tight, impeccably recorded? No idea. Jazzy. I think- that's a good question. Like, are they serious? Are they, are they earnest I have, with this? Donald Fagan is quoted on some podcast as saying he felt more affinity with, like, the punk rock artists of the era than, like, you know, a well-esteemed, safe jazz fusion group. Like, he had okay. this attitude of, like, fuck you. Like, and I hear that music, that comes through to me, even when the sound is so polished. Okay. And I think it's this fascination of, like, low lights and just miserable situations and dysfunctional characters with overly ridiculous perfected sound. Like I think it's that combination. However, if you consume that ironically or on face value, but I think that's the point. Right. You know, we, we talked about our, our struggles in getting into Zappa uh, here before, and I'm sure we'll do an episode at some point on him, but like he has mm. jazzy sounding records where it's like, there's a, there's a tongue in cheek thing that is happening on some of that. And I don't, hear it quite the same way with with these fellas no i think it's they are first and foremost trying to make great grooves i think that's mission number one Hmm. uh lyrics it's i feel like it's walter becker would just come in and look like shit and (laughs) donald would be like so what was your weekend like let's make that a song hope you get help sometime like uh it was a dark period for for at least one of them Hmm. All right, here we go. We're going to do My Rival. This is actually, in some ways, like the most wholesome of all the tunes, I feel like. Like, it's just a cheesy, dejected lover trying to get back at a woman who's, like, with another guy now. Like, it feels like that, you know, innocent in a way. Okay. Uh, if At your insistence, I'm going to start from the beginning. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start from the top. All right. I The intro of this is one of the funkiest things I can think of. Oh, boy. Based on what I've seen so far, I guess you won't be bobbing your head to join me. Hey, we'll see. You know, you know where I do bob my head? Where do you bop your head? Well, I hear my old school. Bob my head to that. That is my favorite still. That's a song. great song. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're not talking about that. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Nothing else sounds like this. So that snare. Wow. 
feel like a fame thing. That's a little famey. The wind was driving in my face. The smell of prickly pear. Show me my rival. The milk truck eased into my space. Somebody screamed somewhere. And that just that bass is that's not just candy for your ears. It sounds really good. something i can't see myself humming this <laughs> do you see yourself jamming out to it on the freeway that's all i'm concerned about maybe if i was trying to get into it i see myself struggling to get into it on the highway your honesty is painful I figured it out, so I know. I have a thought. Mm -hmm. We're getting to my favorite okay. part up here, though, so hold that thought. A little synth tone there. A little organ. That's my jam. All right. So what's your, what's your big conclusion here? Uh, it's the melodies. It's the melodies. I think that that's what separates. I mean, obviously they're not doing this thing on their early records or the first, you know, five records or whatever it is. They're not going to the nth degree to make it sound, you know, like completely polished. But the melodies on those earlier records are very memorable to me and they're not basic mm. it's not that they're basic melodies like that's not what i'm after those are pretty complicated melodies but they are uh beautiful and memorable for me but these like i could not tell you what i just listened to i could not hum back any piece of what i just heard or the previous song there's, there's something about the earworm quality of their earlier work that i think maybe got lost in the quest for the sound mm. and that that's my feeling about the later stuff okay so the kind of construction of these songs became too much about the overall sheen and the the groove i certainly these got a lot more groove focused oh yeah and they lost that immediacy the, the melodic immediacy of the early shit you're saying yes and i think this would be enjoyable to listen to you know driving around or whatever like i think there's a place for it in my life but I can't say it's not for me in the same way the earlier records are, I think because of the melodic quality of the earlier stuff. And I think that mm. if this, it's not the production, I don't think, I don't think it's the production that turns me off. I think it's the, interesting maybe the uh, overemphasis on, on the whole and, and okay. missing the melody. Well, that goes kind of back to my point about it being like a proto electro funk record. But uh, sure. now Aja, do you got the same problem there? That I dislike on all levels. I mean, but but the melodies there are, like, irritating. Like, I think of, like, Peg. Okay. Peg! It's just like, oh, man. Like, get out of here with that shit. Uh, that one actively chases me out of the room. 
This okay. this doesn't. This I you could do put like on this in. better than AJ. Hundred percent. I'll take that. Yeah, I could. I'll take that. I, if this was on at a party, I'd be like, yeah, this is groovy, you know. Yeah, if this is at a party, I'd be very concerned. Concerned about, about who yeah. was hosting that party. Yeah, it'd be the Tim Tim Heidegger character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and who they're gonna be calling at four thirty a.m. Sure. Uh, okay, but I'll, you, I'll you, take that. You you gained more ground than lost ground. I it think. sounds like it. I I I think you noticed the distinction between this and Aja again, and Alden that certainly. Deacon Blues. I'll listen to that any time of the week. That's a great song. Uh, Black Cow. Mm-hmm. There's some classics on there. But it, yeah, it sounds like you you got a little bit of where where I was coming from here. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I I had assumed that Gaucho was just like um, Asia too. And it doesn't sound like it is. No, it's its own thing. Uh, very much. And again, it's it's like a, a science experiment. It's it's science fiction to me in mm. a fascinating way. Uh, great. It sounds like we uh, we settled out of court. We did settle out of court. And I want to say that I don't know if it's Donald Fagan playing this, because sometimes I'll think it's one of them playing something, and it's really just one of their army of ge- <laughs> geniuses. But um, the piano on Ricky Don't Lose That Number is like... Mm. Unbelievable. That's got to be Fagan, right? I think it might be him. Yeah. But, man, that's good. I think maybe it was on uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney's special. They called him, like, uh, it's like somewhere between Ray Charles and Frankenstein watching Fagan play the piano. (laughs) That's funny. That's really funny. All right. Well, I feel satisfied. I feel okay with how things turned out. Again, we, this, you know... The stakes were low. I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't get my feelings involved too much on this one. Sure. Rest my case, Your Honor. Sure. Well, how could you? <laughs> but uh, what did what did you learn today? Uh, I don't know. Al Green rules. Uh, you already knew that. Going I did in. know that. I didn't really learn that. Uh, I guess I learned that um, Gaucho is not Asia too, and that it's, it's that's and that's enough. Did they kind of stop after that? Like, was the next record after Gaucho was that the, their comeback? So what happened was, it was really like Walter Becker's life just fucking fell apart. Like there was his girlfriend died of a drug overdose, and then oh the family God. tried to sue him. He was also involved in some sort of serious accident. Who was in the hospital for like months. Mm. Uh, and after the album got put out, it was kind of like, dude, you need to get your drug problem under control. And Fagan went on to make the Nightfly. Uh, a couple songs, at least from that album, I love. But that whole thing, I think we'd run into. A lot of the same problems we that happened here in Gaucho. That's kind of like, it's different. It's lyrically, it's a lot more positive. But that's kind of like Gaucho Part Two. That's like the closest thing you get to another Steely Dan record until, whatever they reunited for Two Against Nature. Yeah. Uh, many many years later. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. Um, well, you know what I learned? I learned that. I really got to just download the whole Al Green discography. Oh, yeah. Like, what, have I, what have I been doing? Yeah, man, I think you you would love it. Love and happiness? It's so dynamic. It's so dynamic. I would start with maybe maybe Call Me. I love that record. Uh, mm. Anything from that three-album run is brilliant. And yeah, uh, yeah it's the best. But so, yeah, start with the YouTube performances because I feel like it'll get you in a good mindset. Uh, it just tears it up. All right. Well... Hey, listener, if mm-hmm. you're still out there, hope you liked the show. If you did, feel free to subscribe mm-hmm. uh, so you don't miss future episodes. Leave us a rating or a review, you know. 
we uh, we want to hear from you. We really do. Yeah. And on that note, if you got any questions you want to ask us, any like episode ideas, even we take stuff under consideration. Oh yeah. You want to DM us? You want to DM us on Twitter? We got a Twitter at Losing My Opinion. You want to DM us? <laughs> as long as that'll be up, yeah. Yeah, as long as Twitter still <laughs> is in existence, we got our our uh, our uh, our B option with uh, with Instagram there, and we're also on TikTok, all uh, at Losing My Opinion. And you know, I do not stand with the Dan. Yet I, I, I'm always strangely compelled back towards them. Mm. And with all this today, I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. Uh, I am also compelled by Steely Dan. In the same way I'm compelled by like different prog bands or whatever, where it's just like, <laughs> I just want to go hear them sometimes. I want to listen to it. It's just, you know, I roll it around. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? And also, uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, for, the, for those who celebrate it. I know we have... A ton of overseas listeners. <laughs> tons. Tons who don't. Boatloads. Boatloads, yeah. Just tons of people that overseas. But uh, yeah, if you do celebrate Thanksgiving, enjoy time with your family. That's chill. Sure. And so long, suckers. So long, suckers.